We're now just seven weeks away from the Toowoomba Regional Council election and things are starting to heat up. Several new candidates have come out of the woodwork and there is a second challenger going up against current mayor Paul Antonio. Welcome back to Toowoomba 2020, the Chronicle's podcast on the local government election. I'm Toby Loftus. To discuss this and more, we're joined from the Chronicle newsroom by council reporter Tom Gillespie. Tom, you staying dry today? I mean, I'm doing my best, Toby. Uh, it is pretty wet, uh, which is great. Yes, it very much is. Um, it's been raining for several days now, and it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. Now, Tom, tell me, Paul Antonio has got a new challenger. Yes, he does. So, um, uh, Douglas Doyle, a, uh, that is D-O-E-L-L-E. I, if I've mispronounced his name, I apologise. Doyle. Or Dole. He's uh, announced that he's running for mayor. Uh, it's, it's, this is his first time going up in a local government election. Uh, the sort of platform he's running on is uh, decentralisation of uh, the council workforce, uh, better support in terms of services and infrastructure for the smaller towns. He says they're not getting their fair share and he'd like to see that corrected. Um, those are his essential ones. He's also very concerned about the price of water, which I will uh, have another discussion point about that later on. So um, tell me a bit about his background. What um, what makes him qualified to run for mayor? Well, <laughs> um, look, uh, honestly, uh, I think uh, he was very, to his credit, very upfront with, like, he's not working at the moment. And he... Uh, He's a former council worker. I think he used to manage the landfill at Hayden uh, uh, many years ago. Um, he's 56. Uh, says that he uh, he would be a suitable candidate because uh, he wants to go out and listen to the people. He said that part of the campaign is going to be going out to the smaller towns and finding out what their issues are to sort of help formulate his uh, platform if he's elected. So from landfill worker to mayoral candidate that's quite a rise isn't it i mean it depends on uh, how competitive he is i mean i guess anyone can run for mayor if they uh, meet the criteria so uh, it really depends to sort of see if there's any appetite for change uh in terms of my assessment how he's going to go i mean he's he's pretty um upfront about how uh, he, he he's honest about you know his chances but uh you know, he just wants to be in the race to offer people some choice if they would uh, like it. The mayoral field isn't um, that crowded yet, is it? There's only the three candidates, current mayor Paul Antonio and two, now the two others. Yeah, the um, the other one is Lindy Ising, who's a, I guess you'd call her an environmental activist, but she's got a wide range of ideas uh, that she wants to put forward. Um one of hers is uh, around uh, changing up animal management, better environmental protection, anti-development. So she's offering a very much an opposite choice. Um, she ran last time in 2016. So, uh, look, these two candidates don't have a huge amount of profile, but um, if their ideas do uh, resonate with people, you know, who knows? I guess nothing's, uh, nothing's impossible. Now, what about the um, councillor candidate field? Um, even that's expanded since we last spoke. Yeah, so since we last did a, a big article on the candidates so far, which I think had 17 
people in the field. We've uh, it's been blown up to I mean upwards of nearly twenty five. I would say at this point, including um, uh, four extras uh, that I've counted. Maybe maybe a couple others I might have missed, but these are the ones that I noted. Uh, Jamie Cooper from uh, a real estate agent from Westbrook, um, small business owner Michael Truskinger. Uh, as another small business owner, Rita Clark, and uh, an incumbent, Bill Carl, has uh, announced that he is running again. Uh, I think this will be his third term on council, um, or at least his uh, at least his third, definitely probably his fourth. Um, but he's a very long term and established councillor. While Bill Carhill has said um, he is running again, there's been one councillor who's. Um who's the second councillor to come out and say this, um, that they won't be running again, that they're hanging up their boots. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, councillor Chris Tate, who's the Planning and Environment Chair, has announced that he's uh, not going to be seeking re-election. Uh, his views were, uh, and I've done an article on it this week, is that he feels eight to ten years on a board, which is effectively what the council is, um, is, uh, is long enough and... Uh, it's time for him to sort of step aside. He, before that, he was a lawyer, and he also um, served on the, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Cambodia Shire Council um, between 1999 and 1998. Um, if I've gotten that wrong, I hope not. Um, and uh, then he's also um, been a lawyer for many of those years. He's not returning to law. I think it, this is effective retirement. Uh, he wants to go and travel and that sort of thing. But what it opens up is, the entire portfolio of uh, planning and development is vacant now because Angler Sheen, the other one, was the portfolio leader. He was, uh, Councillor Tate was the chair. So definitely going to be some changes in probably what Councillor Tate would describe as one of the most sensitive areas of council. It'll be, um, it'll be an interesting change to see who leads this um, area going forward into the next council term. So these new councillors or these new candidates I should say who exactly are they where do they come from what are their backgrounds what makes them qualified to be council candidates why should we what why are they saying we should vote for them just tell me a bit about all of that kind of stuff Tom sure so um looking at just the new candidates people who aren't incumbents uh, Jamie Cooper um He's tapped into an issue that I think could be really pivotal um, to the outcome of the election if it's sort of played the right way. So Jamie, Mr. Cooper, uh, before uh, he decided to run for council, he's obviously a real estate agent, but he's also been a major advocate for the town of Westbrook, which is just outside uh, Drayton on the southwest corridor. But he's also uh, been a major, major uh, proponent an advocate for the entire Southwest Corridor. So that includes towns like Cambuya and Wairima. He believes that they're fast-growing areas, which the numbers do back that up, that they're fast-growing population areas, and that they deserve better attention in terms of public infrastructure, public investment, services, that sort of thing. Um, there's somewhere in between you know, seven and 10,000 people that live there currently, but there will be more living there uh, in the future. So it poses, you know, you know, if he can sort of, uh, this isn't solely his focus, his focus is on the wider region, um, the areas outside of Toowoomba, not dissimilar from Mr. Dole, uh, who's running for mayor, but certainly he would like to see 
say a new advocate for a new high school um, in that southwest corridor um, and uh, you know an aquatic center you know a library he says these things are needed um, if he could sort of get those communities behind him it would definitely place him in a good stead to uh, 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 possibly uh, make it onto the council there's now going to be quite a few spots available I'm there's at least two and possibly more again I don't know we've still got a couple of councillors who haven't uh, announced their intentions yet Um, but certainly there's an appetite for change and there are spots available Uh, and he could be one that um, uh, could play uh, quite a role depending on how he wants to play it now uh, the other two small business owners uh, Michael Trusking and Rita Clark um, they've sort of running on the back of water security um, well, that, that's Michael's role. Water security, uh, fast rail investment, and um, also uh, sports tourism and tourism in general. Uh, he, he owns a sports, tour, a sports equipment store in town, um, in the CBD, uh, and, he, and he's also heavily involved in community sport, and he would like to see more investment in that. Rita Clark is running uh, purely, I guess, as a single-issue candidate about being a voice for migrants um, and resettled refugees in Toowoomba, which I think is an interesting perspective. We have very a very large um, uh, population of, uh, of refugees and migrants in Toowoomba, and uh, potentially she could have quite a lot of support from them um, because she's saying she would like to be the advocate for that to help improve their language services, um, you know, further expand their language services and improve their access to health services so uh, certainly they're the ones that i've picked out as uh, really interesting candidates that we will be adding to an updated uh list article um very very soon Hmm. um when we spoke about two weeks ago we spoke about some what we thought some of the main issues were heading into this election campaign um they were the mount lofty development water security um and those were some of the those were the two major ones um we've had the that mount lofty petition to council about to hit a hundred thousand signatures which is insane um i should note that's not just people in the toowoomba region that's been signed by people all over australia and all over the world but tom two weeks later um we're now only seven weeks away from the election are those still the main issues or have more cropped up i think an issue that sort of relates to the water security aspect but has actually become um a focal point of certain candidates is actually what the council is arguing is a misconception around the pipeline to Wyvernhoe. So I just wanted to sort of clear this up or at the very least sort of explain what's going on. Many candidates, including Mr. Dole, um, he's the latest, um, Kerry Shine's also uh, spoken about this as have a few others, who have questioned the cost of the water access charge that ratepayers pay, which is the immediate fixed charge that is attached. You pay that regardless of how much or how little water you use. And the what the council is arguing is a misconception is that that money goes directly to paying off the pipeline, uh, uh, the loan that we bought, borrowed for the pipeline uh, between Wyvernhoe and Crestbrook. Uh, I spoke to Councillor Williams, uh, Mike Williams, this week. He's the finance and business strategy chair, so he's the money guy. Um, 
And he says that not only have they council not paid off the uh, the loan that they uh, borrowed from the Queensland Treasury for that pipeline, but that also the doubling of the access charge in 2009, which sort of put it in the vicinity of a, about $600 a year, although that does change, but it, that's what it's roughly been for the last sort of 10 years, um, was not solely for the... Um, uh, for to pay off that pipeline it's uh, as he said the variable rates are to cover the cost of actually pumping the water like the electricity required to pump the water um, uh, through the system I'm not talking about the Wyvernhoe dam here but just pumping it through the system and the electricity to get it uphill and that sort of thing um, where the fixed rate charge is there to cover the cost of maintenance to the system um, Council data shows that they experience, I think, sometimes up to 10% water loss in the system, which is simply pipes leaking water. So that's valuable drinking water that is just disappearing into the um, into the ground around these pipes. Um, and of course, there's also create safety issues as well if they if they burst or something like that. And they have a really aging infrastructure. Um, and M- Councillor Williams said that the cons those concepts that it was used to pay off the pipeline, and the pipeline has now been paid off. Are myths. Others disagree. Um, I'm not siding either way. That's just what the council is saying. Uh, that they believe. Well, they, they said that they know that they haven't paid off the pipeline yet uh, because they have a number of borrowings with the Queensland Treasury, and they pay them off as a monthly repayment, much like you would any other any other uh, loan. I get candidates have two more weeks to come forward and nominate for council now. Are we expecting any more people to put their hand up either as a council candidate or as um, a mayoral candidate? I think we will. Um, Generally, if you have a look at the past track record, anywhere between 25 and 35 uh, council candidates enter the race, anywhere between three and four mayoral candidates are in the race. So I think it stands to re- I'd see no reason why we wouldn't uh, go to uh, you know sort of a thirty or thirty-five uh, candidate race. Um, obviously, that creates quite a large field. Um, the can- the Chronicle will be absolutely um, covering each candidate in full um, and uh, giving them um, you know a fair go uh, and and trying to cover the issues that they believe are important to the community and letting the community decide. It's not a lot of time um, because once the election is announced, we're expecting it to be only for four, four or five weeks of a campaign. So uh, you'll be sure you'll you can be certain that uh, the Chronicle is going to be covering it and making sure that it's fair and equitable for everyone. Awesome, thanks, Tom. Um, so in the coming weeks, we'll be bringing you a closer look at some of the larger issues of the election campaign and also speaking with retiring councillor and Glasheen about her retirement and what she thinks her legacy is. This podcast is made possible thanks to our valued subscribers. If you're yet to subscribe, we have a great $1 deal for 28 days on at the moment. Visit thechronicle.com.au forward slash subscribe for all the info. Talba 2020 is produced by me, Toby Loftus, and music is by Kevin McLeod.